Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us for another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman, can't you tell, man? Gonna post a- what up? Fran, what is going on, man? Not much, same old, same old. Ain't nothing new. Yeah. Um, I'm doing good, man. I watched... The Night Stalker, four-part do- four documentary on Netflix, which was insane. Um, a lot, I heard some people saying it was too graphic. I thought it was, you know, as graphic as you can expect about a horrific serial killer. It was, I feel like it did the, did the job it was supposed to do. Uh, yeah, I heard they was comparing, people was, people, I heard people saying that, and it was like, what else do you want how a, a serial killer documentary supposed to be? Yeah. It, I don't have like a bar for like what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Yeah. It's like if that's I mean, your but vision, what do you expect to see in that? Exactly, especially yeah. especially the way Richard Ramirez was killing people. I mean, he was shooting people in the face. He was brutally stabbing people. I mean, yeah. he was doing some very gruesome things, you know. And it, he was it was like he was a Satanist, mm-hmm. you know. So there was this dark undertone to the stuff that he was doing, and that's what the the documentary had. It had a very dark undertone. I did not know that he killed and ruined so many people's lives, you know. I mean, he wasn't just killing people; he was raping children he was sexually assaulting adult women and then killing them some women survived and he was just out doing this for like what they know of mm-hmm. over 100 it was like 100 it got up to like 160 days in total mm-hmm. so that's like a half a year and they say that it's likely based on how he was his pattern and his speed of which he was committing crimes in that 160 day per- period mm-hmm. he probably was committing crimes way before that yeah so it's pretty he's pretty fucking terrifying he just and also he broke so many norms like he just he confounded so many detectives because he would she would shoot people, stab people, uh, rape kids and all of those. They had never seen somebody. They were like, there's no way this is the same person. Yeah. yeah. Like they were like a kid got kidnapped and sexually assaulted and then a woman got raped and murdered and her husband got shot, you know, uh, 10 blocks away. Mm-hmm. Those are two separate crimes. It's like, oh, no, this dude was just. Erratic, like he yeah. was just doing anything and everything. It was truly insane. It was a really good documentary, though. It was well put together and it's really fucking terrifying, man. Anyways, <clears throat> I have a couple of things that I wanted to get to, but nothing really that I want to get into too deeply because um there was some more news of you know some some people who were uh, sadly killed and 
medical emergencies with the police. Mm-hmm. One was from a year ago that's now surfaced and is being made public. And one was, I believe, from either a couple of weeks ago or a month or so ago. So I want to say rest in peace to Eric Parsa from Louisiana and rest in peace to Patrick Warren Sr. from um, somewhere in Texas, I believe the Houston area. Um, I don't really know what the solution is. I know that in some states there's public emergency numbers that are there's different than 911. Mm-hmm. But public emergencies, they, they just can't be a one-stop shop, man. I don't know how many more of these stories we have to see where somebody calls for the safety of a loved one. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm calling because my autistic son is going through a medical emergency or my father is having some kind of episode and clearly sending out armed law enforcement who aren't being trained enough to deal with these situations isn't the answer. I don't know if there needs to be a new phone number. I know that some states are working on that. I believe there's, you know, some cities in Oregon that are doing that. I believe there's some cities in Washington that have a whole different agency of people that come out for those kind of phone calls. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's the best thing or the worst. I don't know what the solution is, but clearly this is not working. You know, I mean, there's so many different types of phone calls that these police officers have to answer to, and they can't be expected to know how to handle a hundred different scenarios. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not training them enough and you're not paying them enough to know how to do these things. So divvy up the money and disperse the money to other departments who can focus on specific situations. But like I said, rest in peace to Eric Parsa and rest in peace to Patrick Warren Sr. Uh, Fran, um, I have a couple of family members and also we have a couple of listeners who have been receiving the vaccines. Okay. So I'm calling on people. I saw somebody posted that their picture of them getting it yeah. and their card and everything. I'm calling mm-hmm. on people to continue to share that information because there's still a bunch of misinformation out there. And once people start to get the second, because you have to get it in waves. So you yeah. get the first part and then you get the second part. Now it's made its way down to teachers. Um, so I believe they'll be getting their shots or they've started getting their shots soon and either have the first and are waiting for the second or about to get or about to get the first. I um, call on people to continue to share that information and share your experience because that is the best way to eradicate misinformation, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I think that that's great when people share that kind of stuff because then people can ease their fears of, you know, thing pictures that they see on Facebook saying, oh, uh, my arm fell off or whatever goofy shit that people are seeing. So yeah. if you share that kind of information to, with the world, you help destroy these stigmas and these fears about getting something that will, in theory, and hopefully speed up the process of us getting back to some so- some semblance of normalcy. Kids being back in schools, you know, nationwide, you know, not having to wear a mask if you don't want to, because it seems like people just can't grasp that, you know, that concept of like, hey, man, it's a it's a it's a business is privately owned and we don't want people in here if you don't if you don't wear a mask. Yeah, it's still people like, no, I don't want to. You don't you can't tell me what to do. I'm American. Yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> so maybe if you if we, you know, eradicate the fears of the vaccine, that'll help us get to a point where we don't have to deal with these people anymore. I wish we just didn't have to deal with them in the sense that they would just put the mask on. But if we could just get to a point where it's like, well, stuff can just open up. Yeah. And then we don't have to hear these insufferable people anymore. That would be great. Also, just businesses, bars, you know, restaurants, those all are suffering tremendously right now. And it would be really great if those things could open up and people can save businesses and restaurants that have been around for decades. That would be really awesome. Um, Other than that, I don't really have anything else I want to touch on. So um, we do have we had a big influx of uh, patrons this week. So this is going to be a long read. Because I like I think it's because of the um, 
the uh, Kit Kat mukbang video dropped, and I think people mm. wanted to sign on and just kind of see what the hell was going on with that. Oh, okay, I believe All that right. was I believe that's what was happening. So um, we did get a big influx of of uh, of uh, patron signups. Mm. That's right, folks. It's time to celebrate. Up for, up first, we got Nick. She, uh, her, the name is Nick, but based on her email, it's Nicole, but it just says Nick, so I want to make sure you know that we're talking to you. You left no last name, so I can't even give you a... Just Nick. Shout out to you, purpose. Nick. Hey, Shout out to you, Nick. Up next, we got Jojo B. Shout out to Jojo B. Her picture's black and white. It's very noir. Shout out to you, Jojo B. Uh, up next, we got Danielle S. Shout out to Danielle S. Thank you for supporting and joining the Patreon. She also is one of a few people, as well as Jojo, who signed on for the year. Round of applause, round of applause. Round of applause, man. Full-year subscription. I really want people to know that whenever whenever we see a full-year subscription, it really kicks us in the ass and lets us know that there's people out there that believe in what we're doing and are like, I'm in for the long haul. And that gives us motivation to make sure that we stay on top of putting content out and stay on top of putting out a really good, as best best product as we can on the Patreon. So thank you for that uh, um, statement of confidence in us, and we appreciate uh, people like uh, Natalie C., and Daniel S. Uh, yeah, um, so uh, Natalie C., thank you very much. Also, another person signed on for a year. Up next, we got Stephanie J. Shout out to you, Stephanie J. Much appreciated for the support. Up next, we got Sarah, another person that didn't put a last name. Um, her la- her email address. Uh, that's that's. No, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. Uh, her- <laughs> that's why they didn't do their last name because you fucking up. Well, well, thank you, Sarah, with no last name. I really we really appreciate you signing on and uh, um, helping us out this way. Uh, up next, we got Dan and Ray, two for one special. Okay, they got, they got one Patreon right. and they signed up for the whole year. Okay, Shout out to round both of applause. Y'all. Yeah, round of applause for that too. Yeah. Real, real quick one. Uh, up next, <laughs> up next, we got Emily K. Shout out to Emily K. Another year subscription. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Uh, up next, we got Rachel B. Shout out to Rachel B. Another year subscriber. Thank mm. you very much. Much love. Love it. Up next, we got Sierra T. Shout out to Sierra T. Thank you very much. Um, uh, I can't really again. I, I can't say your last name, but I like it. Uh, they know who they are. You know who they you are. Up. You know who, Sierra T. You know who you are. Up next, we got Aaron P. Her pictures of a dog, and I love okay. dogs. Adorable. Thank you, uh, Aaron P. And uh, much appreciated for the support. Up next, we got Yvonne L. Thank you, Yvonne L., for showing us some love and, and hopping onto the Patreon and supporting. I hope you enjoy the content. Up next, we got Mariah N. Thank you, Mariah N., and shout out to you. I like how you spell the name Mariah. It's with a, it's with a O. I wonder if she goes by Mo. Uh, up next, we got Naomi M. Shout out to Naomi M. I believe that might be a puppy in her picture as well. And if it's not, I'm sorry if that if I offended like your boyfriend or something like that. Uh, up next, we got Jolia S. Now, Jolia... Uh, came out and said, I hope that you say my name right. And I believe that I did. I'm confident that I said it right. Jolia. I think that I said it right. If I said okay. it wrong, my apologies. But shout out to you, Jolia S. Thank you very much for the support. Another year subscriber. Shout Ooh, out to her. Quick, all right. quick one. Boom, quick one. Uh, uh, up next, we got Debbie R. Shout out to you, Debbie R. Thank you again. Another year subscriber. Mm. Thank you for the support. Much appreciated. And our last, I'm going to fade this out because I want to make sure she hears this. Uh, my uh, the last subscriber uh, this week is a woman named Ashley T. I don't want to read her whole last name just because that's just I'm just trying not to do that because some people are like you can read mine and some people are like don't read mine so I'm just gonna not read anybody right. just blanket. But Ashley T. Not only subscribed to the Patreon but she made a donation to a cause that I'm rallying for right now, which yeah. I'll get to. It's actually my good vibe story that I want to read, so I'm not gonna get into it right now. But Ashley T. Thank you very much for not only supporting the Patreon but also supporting this endeavor that I'm working on because. Um, the cause that you donated to is very close to my heart, and it means a lot to me. And so I really appreciate the donation that you made. 
And uh, thank you to everybody, really, who uh, subscribed to the Patreon. Or if you made a donation to the cause that I've been uh, promoting on social media, thank you to you as well. It's really awesome, and uh, this platform has been amazing to me. And I want to make sure that I use it with respect and to do as much good as I can. Because, you know, when we started doing this podcast, we were like, man, uh, 100 listeners would be dope. As a matter of fact, like anybody who listened who didn't know us, where it didn't feel like they were doing us a favor, because you know, friend, that's my like, that's my biggest bugaboo. I hate that more than anything in the world. I don't tell my family I do a podcast. I don't tell many friends that uh, we do a podcast because I don't want anybody coming up to me talking to me like they're doing me a solid. Yeah. Hey, man, I downloaded your little podcast and uh, I listened to it for like five <laughs> minutes. So you know, you're welcome. I don't like that. So. When we started this whole thing off, I was like, if we could get anybody to listen to this who doesn't know who we are and aren't trying to do us a favor, like we're slinging out mixtapes out on the street or something like that, you know, that would be really cool. And now we've built this really amazing platform and these really amazing communities of all these really awesome people from all over the country and all over the world, really. And I want to make sure that having this platform, we take any opportunities that we have to give back when we can. So it's been really awesome to do... Uh, the digital food drive and this event that I'll get to at the end has been the most amazing thing that I feel like I've ever been a part of. And it's really awesome. But um, we'll get to that at the end of the show. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. Affirmative murder is brought to you by the social high five in 2020. We all had to adapt to some very unexpected conditions. It was no different for us sports fans. We are all anxiously looking forward to the reopening of sports bars and stadiums. But COVID, flu, and other health risks will still be very real. Now, however, there's an awesome new way for fans to cheer on their team and still keep their hands germ-free. With the Social High Five! Made from a sturdy, light, and easy-to-clean styrene, the Social High Five straps to your hand with ease and allows you to hygienically hand-slap after your team scores, makes a big play, and wins the big game. And I'm really excited about this product, folks. I feel like it has the potential to be the next foam finger, except it has a purpose, you know? Um, I, I think that this will be such a cool gesture for sports teams of all denominations, whatever sport is listening to this, if you were to give these out to your patrons before the games just to show a sign that, hey, I know we're opening back up, but we do still want everybody to be mindful and safe and cheer on their team, but do it in the safest way possible without trying to, you know, spread germs and, and, and get people sick. So I'm I'm excited about this product being able to sponsor this podcast so we can get the word out there as things start to open back up and um, sports arenas start to allow people back in in some small capacity. Because people aren't going to feel 100% safe for a while. But e even steps like this allow you to feel like companies are putting in proper measures and thinking about their patrons when they enter their building. Give the sports fanatic in your life a helping hand with the Social High Five. Just go to socialhighfive.com. That's social, H-I-G-H, the number five, dot com. The Social High Five. It's a sanitized celebration. All right, and we are back. Fran, uh, it's my turn to go first this week. Are you ready to uh, indulge in my affirmative murder? Yeah. Okay, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Christine Falling. My source was Murderpedia, mm -hmm. and uh, here we go. <clears throat> also, I just wanted to say before I get into this, this actually came about because every it feels like every year or so I come across one of those crazy stories where it's um, this was this time it was sparked, my rabbit hole dive was sparked by my grandmother telling me about 
somebody that a story that she read where um a uh, somebody uh got bit by a dog like a, a friend got mm-hmm. bit by a dog and the the couple was like what the hell like this our friend babysits our dog all the time why did she bite her like that that's weird and they just kind of moved on from it yeah and they sat on it some more and they were like that was really weird like we should put like a, a nanny cam in the house for when next time she uh, babysits to see why she would bite her that way. Mm. And they found out that th- that that girl was beating the shit out of their dog whenever she would watch the dog. Oh shit. Now that's dog abusing dogs is awful, but I've heard stories of that, of where it's kids, you know, where you hear a video of like the daycare lady is beating the shit out of the kids and they caught her on, you know, hidden camera, yeah. tossing the kids all around the playroom and everything mm. like that. So I went down a rabbit hole of that once my grandmother told me that story. And I do this probably like once a year. Once I hear one of these stories about a teddy bear cam or somebody doing this and they picked up their kids and it's like, my kid had bite marks on their back. Yeah. Why Why is that? And the, the, the you know, the daycare lady or the babysitter's like, I don't know. And then they, you know, the hidden camera reveals that this person's like the most despicable evil person you'll ever see in your life, like spitting in kids' faces or grabbing them and throwing them to the floor and then being like picking them up weirdly and confusing them so um this this story of christine falling i actually picked because of that rabbit hole i went down i was like you know what? i'm gonna i feel like i want to do i want to tell one of these kind of stories this week yeah. so that's what chris this story is about kind of pisses me off oh i oh yeah oh i'm i don't have kids you have kids yeah. so and i actually have a question it's kind of a rhetorical question but i'll get to it at the end okay. as well so your your experience would come in handy to answering a rhetorical question um <clears throat> so uh christine slaughter as is often the case with serial killers. Slaughter. That's her name? That's her original name. So, you know, go figure, right? You know, it's already the, the signs were already there. Yeah. Um, Christine Slaughter, as is often the case with serial killers, had a disruptive and impoverished childhood. She was born in Florida in 1963 to 16-year-old Ann Slaughter and 65-year-old Thomas Slaughter. Falling was developmentally disabled and required a regular dose of medication to control her epileptic seizures and aggression and was never able to acquire developmental skills beyond those of a sixth grader. While growing up, she would drop cats from lethal heights to test their nine lives. She would also strangle them as a sign of showing her, showing them her love in quotes. Okay. And that's one of the McDonough triads. Like, I mean, you know, so really animal cruelty, yeah, animal cruelty, you know, at high levels. I mean, just tossing the cat off a fucking roof. That's crazy as shit. They do land on their feet though. They do. It's, it's, it's amazing. pretty amazing. Uh, my cat has three legs, so he doesn't really he doesn't land on his feet as balanced. But he can jump pretty high. He can jump pretty high, but getting down is more of a task. Yeah. Uh, what if he go down backwards? Back backwards what? Like his back feet first. Oh, jump down back! I've yeah. never even seen that. That would be pretty amazing. <laughs> submit that to somebody. Like he just jumped down like a kangaroo, or like he had like his back feet were yeah, legs. He just let his back feet just take all the pressure of him hitting the ground. Yeah, and then he come down with his one paw in front. He might do that when we're not looking, man. You Maybe. know, like, some Toy Story shit. Like sometimes like, the, the pets do shit. You, they don't do in front of you. Do you believe that? Do you like run through your head sometimes? Sometimes it does, yeah. Where I'm like, when I'm not like, here. shit come alive? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, don't, you never know. Because sometimes I'll come home and I'll be like, that wasn't like that when I left here. Like, how about a swan? I didn't leave that there, but all right. We'll never know. These are the mysteries of life, Fran. Yeah. We'll, never, we'll never solve these. Yeah. <clears throat> At the age of nine, Christine and her sister were placed in a children's refuge in Orlando, Florida for a year. Due to the extreme poverty of her parents... Falling and her older sister were given up for adoption to the Falling family. Not long after that, the two girls found themselves in a children's home because of their constant conflicts with their adoptive parents. At the age of 12, Falling left the children's home. Two years later, she married a man 10 years older than her. The marriage soon collapsed after a series of violent encounters between the couple. After the breakup, 
She lapsed into a bizarre hypochondriac phase going to the hospital 50 times for the reasons such as red spots, vaginal bleeding, and snake bite. Like in a year or? No, like back to back to back, like just in, you know, mm-hmm. in, 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 in succession, like boom, 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 boom. They're like, what are you doing here again? I, yeah. I got bit by a snake. And they never had, a, they could never saw. They're like, well, uh, here's some iodine, I guess, yeah. and leave. Like there were, there were never any stays. She just came in. They were like, we can't do anything for that. You have your period. That's not why you come to the hospital. Yeah, please leave. And then she would come right back the next week. Yeah, doctors rarely found any treatable symptoms, despite the fact that Falling was apparently suffering from mental illness. She gained a reputation as a good babysitter who deeply cared for children and was reli- and was reasonably reliable in her habits. Mm. However, at the age of 17, Falling began to covertly attack and murder the children who had been placed in her care. Mm. On February 25th, 1980, Cassidy Johnson, a two-year-old girl who had been in Falling's care, was rushed to the local doctor suffering from life-threatening symptoms presumed to be caused by encephalitis. Now, encephalitis is just um, brain inflammation. Okay. It is treatable, and it's not... Th- um, life-threatening most of the times, I believe. And it also is pretty rare. It's only like 200,000 cases a year worldwide. So this is a very, like, unexpected type of thing. Mm-hmm. You get it from, you get it from, like, animal bites. Mm. Almost like, like Lyme disease or, you know, in the rabies family, I guess, maybe. Yeah. But it is treatable if you get to a doctor. <clears throat> However, when the child died three days later, an autopsy was ordered. Mm. The examination disclosed that Johnson had actually succumbed to the blunt force trauma of the skull. The results of the autopsy spawned an immediate investigation and falling was quickly interviewed by police. She claimed that the child had toppled out of her out of her crib and fallen unconscious to the floor when falling was out of the room. However, law enforcement personnel did not believe her story. Yeah, it's it's too it's too um easy so oh, i wasn't there she just fell on her head how old was she again the baby yeah uh three mm. yeah she was three years old and she said oh she fell out of her crib unfortunately there was no evidence to contradict falling's version of what happened to the child and the matter was not pursued further what so like i mean we don't think it was encephalitis but we can't prove that it wasn't so have a nice day i guess case closed that's crazy a crib is maybe like four feet high yeah, but then a baby falling right on their head. What a three-year-old though. If it was a one-year-old, a newborn, or something, you know better than me. I thought three-year-olds like walk around, pull it, they put do. their own pants on, and you know get some juice out of the refrigerator. They do. They do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> then never mind. Then that is weird. That is, you know, you bring it up. That is weird. <laughs> I don't have any experience. A so three-year-old like, man, yeah. <laughs> they can up at that age. They can brace their fall a little bit. Oh yeah. But put your hands flat on your head. Yeah. Nah, come on. Oh, uh, nah. Well, they thought it was fishy. They just didn't have any proof. It's not like they just accepted it. They just couldn't prove that. When I hear that, it just sounds so easy, though. They just go up. Yeah. Like, she died. They're like, I don't know, man. And and then I bet she didn't say that the first day that they found her and took her to the hospital. Yeah. Three days later, when she becomes a suspect, she's like, oh, I forgot she fell. Yeah. I know I said initially that she just was passed out when I found her, but she fell. Don't say it was carpet in her room. Come to find out it was carpet. It's like, wait, yeah. what? Yeah, and her brain just like <laughs> swelled up and she died from brain swelling because she fell on the carpet at three. Weird. But again, they thought it was weird. They just didn't have any proof. Okay. After the death of Cassidy Johnson, Falling moved to Lakeland, Florida, and began and again began babysitting to support herself. 
Within a few months of her arrival in Lakeland, a four-year-old boy who was in Falling's care suddenly stopped breathing without any prior signs of illness. The death of Jeffrey Davis was, a, was as suspicious as that of Cassidy Johnson, and an autopsy was again ordered. The examination disclosed that the boy had suffered from a condition that caused chronic heart inflammation. However, this was deemed insufficient to be the cause of his death. The medical examiner noted no other potential cause of death, and the case was closed. What? So again, they were like, I mean, he does have this heart disease, but it's not deadly on its own. I don't know. Have a nice day again, uh, Christine. So he he died from heart inflammation? He died from unclear causes. He, 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 he had heart inflammation, and so they just chalked it up to complications from that. They said, they said, we don't know what the other complications are, but there's no way it was just the chronic heart inflammation. So something else happened, but we don't know what it was. You know, that's not the first time I heard Inconclusive, that. Inconclusive, I guess. I've heard that before where it was like, um, my brother passed away like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was like, the autopsy came back and it was just like, they don't, they, there was no Inconclusive yeah. type of, yeah. It's like, what? Yeah, it's, 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 it's an odd one. It leaves you unsatisfied because then- you never know. It could be foul play. You don't know what you don't know what could have been. I was like, I was like, how does that? How, the whole point is autopsy is to find out what exactly happened. But yeah. y'all do that, and, and it, we don't know. Well, this is why people do independent autopsies all the time when they think when they suspe- when they suspect that something happened. Maybe a spouse, you know, closed out the life insurance policy a little too quickly, or you know, somebody left town a little oddly. They they'll do an independent autopsy to to go further. Yeah, you know, that's just, I was like, that is crazy. Yeah, that's yeah, man. That's that's really is like you're kind of left in limbo too because you don't really get answers. Right, they're all inconclusive. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know. Three days after the tragedy, the bereaved aunt and uncle of now this is crazy. The bereaved aunt and uncle of Jeffrey Davis asked Falling to babysit their two year old two year old son Joseph Spring. The other one. They the aunt and uncle of the little boy that just died. But it's all in the same family though. All in the same family. After he after their after this nephew, mysterious whatever. death from this while this babysitter was there. At the very least, I would go. I would want to get a different babysitter because no. just bad vibes. Yeah. Like she was there, yeah. you know. No. So uh, the uncle, the aunt, and uncle who were in bereavement asked uh, Christine to babysit their two year old son Joseph Spring while they attended Davis's funeral. You must have, what? Yes. While his parents were at the services, Joseph inexplicably inexplicably died while taking a nap. While they was at while they were at the funeral. Wow. For uh, Jeffrey da- uh, for Jeffrey Davis. Wow. So while they were at the funeral for Jeffrey Davis, Joseph Spring mysteriously died. Um, while taking a nap, hmm. the local the local physician speculated that the young boy may have succumbed to a viral infection and that the same mysterious disease may have also accounted for the death of Jeffrey Davis. So that he took that as his missing piece. He was like, I knew Jeffrey Davis couldn't have just died from the heart inflammation. They must have had the same kind of uh, vi- viral disease or, or maybe they're related, but maybe it's like he's saying it's like uh, chicken pox or something like they were in, in the same room as each other. So they, they caught some kind of virus together and it ended up killing both of them. Okay. That was his missing piece. No investigation into the deaths of the two young boys was ever undertaken. And once again, Falling left the area, this time moving back to Perry, Florida. In July of 1981, Falling found a job as a housekeeper to a 77-year-old uh, invalid named Wilbur Swindle. Also, shout out to Swindle Podcast. 
On the first day of the Falling's new job, uh, on the first day of Falling's new job, Swindle inexplicably died while in his kitchen. On the first day of work, her 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 patient just died in the kitchen. Yeah. Allegedly due to a heart attack. Because of his age and poor medical condition, I mean he did need somebody to take care of him, and he was 77 years old. Local authorities did not investigate the elderly man's death. After the mysterious death, Christine went back into infant care. Falling accompanied her sister, her stepsister and eight-month-old niece, Jennifer Daniels, on some shopping errands. Daniel's mother left the baby in the car with Falling to make, uh, to make a short stop at the local supermarket. However, when she returned, Daniels found her baby dead and Christine Falling in a panic. What? They were in the car. It would be like if you went to go, yeah. I'm going to go run into the I'm gas station to um, put some money on the pump, and then you come back and your kid's dead. Wow. According to Falling, the girl had mysteriously stopped breathing. Once again, the death of Jennifer Daniels was determined to be of natural causes and no investigation ensued. Just over a year later, in July of 1982, she was caring for a 10-week-old baby boy named Travis Coleman when he also seemed to die of infant death syndrome. Also, I think that's all. That's like SIDS. SIDS, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sudden they, they didn't. The, the, the sudden wasn't on there, but everything else was there. Uh, maybe they don't call it SIDS anymore. I don't know. They do. They, okay. Uh, suspicions have been raised. Uh, suspicions have been raised, and again, an autopsy was performed, which seemed to tell a different story. They discovered that Travis had suffered severe internal ruptures, and this added to other signs. Uh, other signs, other signs present suggested that the cause of death was more likely to have been by the baby being smothered. Falling was immediately questioned by local law enforcement. After a short stint in a uh, medical care, she confessed to murdering three children by what she described as smotheration. Just made mm-hmm. up, made up a word. <laughs> but she had, that's that's sixth grade education. She just makes just making smotheration. Up smotheration. I've never heard of that. I've heard of holleration in this dancery. I've never heard of smotheration. Uh, she claimed that she claimed that she had heard voices ordering her to murder the children mm, by placing go. a blanket over their faces. It was decided that it was going it was not going to be easy to prove that the other deaths were her fault as well. So she was only charged with the three deaths that she confessed to, which were Cassidy Johnson, who was the first child, the daughter of her stepsister, and Travis Coleman. She was found guilty of three murders and sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole for at least 25 years. What about the old man? They couldn't they they didn't feel like they had oh, the 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 um man. the ability to Why, prove it. Old? Yeah. It, you could just go, he died of natural causes, uh, wow. you know. After a few years in prison, she admitted to strangling William Swindle. And after serving 25 years in prison, Falling was edu- eligible for parole in 2007. Her application was denied once. And then again in 2017, in November, it was denied once again. No one supporting Falling attended the parole parole hearing, and she will be given another parole hearing in seven years. So that's 2017, that's 2024. Uh, Falling was imprisoned at the Homestead Correctional Institution in Homestead, Florida. And my question to you is, Mm -hmm. because it's just as relevant now in 2021 as it was in 1981, how do you... Because Sophia's what? How old is she now? Four? She's five. five. How do you, you just keep a family? Like, how do you decide who, who can babysit your kids? How can you ever fully trust anybody? Anybody? Because that's, I mean, that's your big, that's your most prized possession. Mm-hmm. And you're like, 
we're going to go to a steakhouse or whatever. Here's our kid for five hours. Like, yeah. what's your resume? Are you just like, if your family, we trust you. Would you ever hire like a babysitting service or? No, no, no. We never hire somebody. I would never have Sophie, somebody watch her outside of somebody I know. Very well. Very well. Like she, Steph's mom used to babysit her and then oh. their neighbor babysit her. But they had a close relationship for a long time. But right. Outside of that, we've not had anybody else that watch. So no, uh, you know, babysitters are us or any apps that have a, you know, the, baby, Hell the no. babysitters club. No. Nobody random. No, no, ain't no way. You know, I guess some people have to. Some people definitely. I mean, uh, people listening to this are like, "Fuck you guys!" Like, you don't, yeah. have, you know. But I, what I'm saying is, I don't have kids, and Fran has. That's his. That's that's your way of of finding babysitters. Yeah, I'm sure there's other people who have used services yeah. or local kids and things like that. See, with family is different because by her grandma watching her. Yeah, that is like no concerns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. But anybody else is like, because we did have somebody that watched Sophie when she was little. I didn't think about too much of that one. But right. Me going to like a spot like yeah. down the street. Yeah. Nah. I can't. Or like a thing like, you know, you set it up and then you guys are supposed to go out to dinner at seven o'clock and it's like, bing bong. Yeah, hey, nah. I'm Stacy. And you're like, like seeing the movies. Yeah. Nah, yeah. I can't. No, nah, I'm not with that. I, get that. I just, no, nah, I, I just, that I, w- I just will be thinking about it too much. Yeah. yeah. But services like that, like any, like not just daycare, like healthcare type yeah. of services. People, people like taking care of your elderly family. Yeah. It's just like those is like, I'm. Skepti- skeptical about those because it's like if I'm going to use those services, I want to make sure that those people, that's what they love to do. Yeah. Not, they're not, not just doing a job. It for a paycheck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where, that's where, that's where you go. get annoyed. I don't, yeah, I, don't tr- I don't trust it because now yeah. they, they half ass and shit. I'm just yeah. here just because I can get this, this check. Yeah. I, I'm not, I don't like that too much. I get that. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I feel like that's more common than not that somebody's like, I just found out about this job. So, yeah. and they, it, it pays. I mean, yeah. And yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, man, I feel like with a babysitting service, if it was me, I don't have kids, so what does my opinion even matter? But if I had kids and I was, if I had to use a babysitting service, which I think I'm fortunate enough, I'm one of the lucky people who are like, my mom's still alive and can't wait for us to have kids and all that kind of, I feel like I have people, a support system. Yeah. But everybody can't say that, right? Yeah. If I did have to hire a babysitting service, I would let them know right out of the gates, like, so there's cameras everywhere, but I'd do it nicely, like, you know, just to keep them on their toes to let them know, hey, we do have surveillance around the house. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just to make sure everybody's safe and everything like that. In case anything goes wrong, I would phrase it like that. In case anything goes wrong, there's an intruder or something like that, we'll have it all caught on camera for your safety and for our kids' safety. Yeah. Also, it's like, this is a job for... They can clean you out. Not to be sexist, but this is a job for me for, like, 15-year-old girls. Okay. Boy or girl, my kid. I'm saying, I don't want some man in my house. Oh, yeah, yeah, With my child. Yeah, yeah, You know, so this is a job for, like, a freshman a in teenage. high school yeah, yeah, or something, yeah. you know? Or like change. a, or like a, or like a, um, that nanny nine one one show, or like a, like a forty year old Mary Poppins type. Yeah, you know. But I definitely would not have want a forty year old man watching my kid. Oh, of course not. I don't know what that is. I, I know what it is. I just, I don't feel comfortable with that. I don't feel like most people would feel comfortable with like a man being the babe, the babysitter, babysitter of their kid. Like yeah, a str- yeah. especially like an uncle, cool, but like a stranger man from a service. <laughs> I wonder what the statistics are that of those it's babysitting services. Yeah, it's like it's like ninety five percent women. Because they would go, "Wow, what are you doing?" Yeah, it's, it's that's it's, a little sexist. That's sexist as hell. Yeah, but it's like, like but wow, still. What are you? it's like I love kids. You know what I mean? Like it's like it, you're the most innocent. Like no, man, I just love kids. Yeah. I get along great with kids, and I like to entertain kids. They're like, "Yeah, man, no, you're a freak. Get yeah, out!" Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's it is just inherently <laughs> odd. Yes. Even if the guy's just the most innocent dude in the world, he's like, "No, I just I just even just." Even in my scenario, it sounds creepy. Like yeah. He could mean it as innocent as was like, 
kids just bring me so much joy and they make me happy. I just yeah. love being around kids. You're like, ugh. What if they get gay? Out. What if they gay though? What gay? What does gay matter? It gives off a different some type. Give it off a different feeling. I guess I, I see what you're saying, but I I just know I think I think that a man Still. a man in general just any man it would feel it I would and again it's like sure. it, the, even if they're not we're not saying like they are bad. Yeah. I'm just saying for me I would go no. no. Like if you're no, doing the you. if you're doing the montage of of people like you know in the movies where it's like we're trying to find the perfect babysitter. Yeah. It'll be like teenage girl. Okay, thanks. We'll give you a call. Mm-hmm. You're a 45 year old woman. Thanks. We'll give you a call. And then like a dude. Gay, straight, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah I just love kids. I love nah, being around kids. We're like, yeah, thanks for coming. You don't get the we'll, we'll give you a call. Like, thanks for coming. And then you scratch them off the list. Yeah. I don't I don't know what that is. And I, and I know that's inherent sexism because I'm sure there's men who would not mind babysitting. That sounds like a pretty easy gig, but it's like. Babysitting mm-hmm. my children. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't know where you're going to find this job. Maybe some really progressive people who are like, <laughs> we're trying to make sure that men can babysit too. Yeah. It's like, All right, well, that's cool. That's a very small market of people as well. Yeah. We'll be know. here. Yeah, I don't know. That's that makes me uncomfortable. And again, I don't even have kids. But again, I don't think anybody will hire me. Especially I got this mustache. My mom said I look creepy. Yeah, you do. I don't know. Man. <laughs> Why do you still have it? It's just pandemic, man. It's just I'm trying stuff out. Just like kind of just like fuck it. <laughs> so well, in reality, I told you the reality. The reality was I was going to go. Yeah, I was going to go visit Poe to yeah. make the to make the video that yeah, I made. Yeah. And while I was cutting my beard to trim it down, mm-hmm. the clippers died. Yeah, but we had to go. So I, was, I just lathered up my face and I was like, I'll just cut everything off but the mustache. I didn't want to cut off everything because when I cut off my face, facial, I look like Homer Simpson. Did, did like, Sierra go with you? Yeah. What did she say when you walked out? She said like, oh, that's different. And I was like, I don't know. In really, a nice way? Yeah. Because she's super nice? Nice enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I like it. And she's like, okay. But listen, I've got some good responses. I've got some bad responses. You know, like it's, it's a mixed bag. What are the good responses? Responses is like kind of cool. It's different. Okay, you know, you know, I'm, nobody's like, damn, man, you look great. But it's like, oh, okay, cool, mustache. Yeah, it's just like different, yeah. right? And the other ones are like, you look like a, a you know, a molester or some <laughs> kind of pervert or something like that. That's from my mom. My mom said that to me. Yeah, so that was great to hear. And uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the point is, yeah, um, I don't think if I showed up to somebody's house with this mustache, they'd be like, yeah, come on in here and uh, look after my children. Yeah. Don't be out here disrespecting, man. Yeah, no, I can see it in your eyes, though, man. Like, what? people with mustaches are not creepy. Some of them we are. We got the Pizza Boy mustache stuff. No, man. It's not Pizza Boy mustache. But Pizza Boy wishes their mustache <laughs> should get this full. This is like off my lip. This is a 3D mustache. It's not some kind of hairline, barely there mustache. This like, is a. I, I got, yeah, this is a, I got a Pizza Boy. I got a whole caterpillar on my mustache, on my lip right now, man. You should have just brought it all the way down like you had in Halloween. No, 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 no. That's a that's a costume look. That's I can't go around the, with the, uh, the, uh, the Hulk Hogan brother. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was the story of Michelle falling, man. That was uh, nuts. I mean, Christine falling. Sorry, uh, Christine falling. What a story. I mean, listen, just the crazy thing is, is like, be careful about who you bring around your kids. But sometimes it's family. Like you just you just never know. It really, is a gamble. Maybe I mean, her fees was low. Oh, that's definitely has to be a part of it. Like she had to be not only reliable. It was like she's reliable. She'll be there on time because she wants to kill your kid. That's why. Yeah. She, that's why she'll be there. So, oh, she yeah. she loves this. Of she'll course, she'll one be there. day. Yeah, she'll be there on time. Of course, like she can't wait to get there and kill your kid. So yeah, she's despicable. Christine Fallon is a disgusting human being, and I hope her parole gets denied every time it comes up. And you know, maybe you know, she'll soon she'll die. Anyway, uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna get into some more fucked up shit. So stick around. Welcome back. It's my turn to go. Uh, my friend was murdered this week. It's about the death of uh, uh, 
Satsi Sanchez. Do you spell that? T Z A T Z I. Zatsi. Yep. So this is a um a love triangle um story here. Okay. Um so we know how those go. Very dramatic. Very dramatic. One always comes out on the other end of the the stick, they always end up shorthanded. Yeah. And then that turns into retaliation, yep. death, which happens in this story, unfortunately. So here we go. <clears throat> so in Las Vegas, Nevada, in January 15, 2001, police receive a frantic 911 call from a man claiming his roommate had been murdered. Mm. When officers arrived, they found, they found a horrific scene. A woman was lying face down on the bed, Hands are tied behind her back with an electric with, a, with an electrical cord. Um, she is she appears to have been strangled and sexually assaulted. Mm. And detectives say she endured a lot of pain and her death was not quick. Jeez. So the victim was identified as 27-year-old Satsi Sanchez, a freshman from Mexico attending University of Nevada. On top of her body was a ticket stub from a, a romantic comedy movie that was called What Women Want. That was yeah. left on no Gibson. That was left on her body. On her dead body. So this is like ninety nine, two thousand? Uh two thousand one. They said the calling the calling card that the ticket that was left was odd. But when they found out that she was gay, they kind of started putting the pieces together. Okay. And what kind of case and what kind of case they was dealing with, also they figured that the ticket um that was left, the killer was playing a sick joke. And that the victim possibly knew her killer. Mm, okay, because like it's like a play on words or yep. something. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, hilarious. So Satsi, uh, um house was ransacked. Mm-hmm. Um, her roommate confirms that her computer, TVs, and a Cartier watch was stolen, and a few other things. Detectives noticed several windows had pry marks on them, uh, which means there was some type of forced entry. Right. The crime scene all had earmarks of a home invasion and robbery gone bad. Also, her car was stolen. Damn. Yep. Probably put all her stuff in her car. Yeah. Cold. So investigators start to dig in Satsi's past and discovered she was a happy-go-lucky, hard-working young woman. And she was working as a waitress to pay her her way through college. One day, Satsi uh, meets two fellow Mexicans at work. So she was uh, a waitress and she was waiting on these two young ladies. Mm-hmm. And they strike up an instant friendship. Uh... Those two other ladies were Marcella Wiley and her lover, Kimberlyn Estrada, mm. who just arrived in Sin City and are looking for somewhere to stay. Which is crazy to just be like, you can come stay with us. You can come stay with me. At but the, that's fake. Ve- Vegas is that kind of town, man. Vegas is really interesting because it's one of those kind of places where you can make six figures being a bartender. Yeah. You know, that's why when you said Cartier Watch. I had to remember it's Las Vegas. I was like, okay, she's a waitress, but you can make bank as a waitress. And so it's, it's all these transplants, and then it's also, like, local people, but it's so incestuous. Like, you work at these bars, you're up all night. Most of the time it's, like, mm-hmm. in the inverse. Like, you work from, you know, 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. or crazy. So you're always out in the night, so you're yeah. always meeting these people, drinking, doing drugs, having a crazy time. So when you find another person who's like, oh, I'm in town to do that too. It's like, oh, cool. What 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 bar are you working at? Yeah. The Golden Nugget. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you can come. I'm looking for a roommate. Because people just pass through. Yeah. It's like just constantly revolving. It's really interesting. My grandmother tried to get me to move out there and do that shit. To be a bartender? She wanted me to go to like fucking um, 
a counter school and become like a like a, a table person. I can't even do basic math. You want me to run what the hell is a table like person? run a blackjack table? Or, oh, like in a casino? Yeah. Okay. They make a lot of money. Yeah. Tips and stuff. They make good money. They make good money. And why? But it also you? was a point where I didn't know what I wanted to do. Why didn't you do it? Because I, I was like, I didn't want to move to Vegas. I didn't want to do that, especially like, do math all day. Yeah. Well, no. You probably get a hang of it after a while. Be quick with it. I don't want to get a hang of doing math. Okay. That's not a thing I'm hey, into. Man. Wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Marcella and Kimberlyn tell Satsi um, they have been together for six years, and they basically becomes you know, best uh, friends. Yeah. It's still three. So after that night, they became friends for the next six years? No, 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 no. Marcella and Kimberlyn were together oh, for six years. Oh, okay, yeah, got, it, yeah, got, it, got, yeah. it, got it, got it, got it. That's what it came up in the conversation. Got it, talking. got it. Yeah. So then they all just became best friends, and Satsi invites them to stay at her place. Right. Um, that was just the type of person that Satsi was, always willing to help other people out um, whenever she could. Right. So at first, the trio had a blast living together for mm-hmm. three months. No, no, no. They had a blast living together, like three best friends that known each other forever. Right. But Marcella Wiley has a reputation of meeting new women she finds attractive and turning them into her lesbian lover. Mm. It's not an easy thing to do, but she had become a master at it. And Marcella used all her tricks to make herself seem irresistible. And when Kimberlyn finds uh, them in bed, so they end up sleeping together. Mm, Marcella and, and Satsi. Satsi, yeah. Um, so when Kimberlyn finds them in bed, um, she moves out. So she was she was hurt. Yeah. She moves out because she was hurt and felt betrayed. Mm-hmm. And because of her and Marcella had been a couple for years, and it all ended in tears. So it was just they was together, and then Marcella, I mean, Marcella was just doing her thing. Right. As she does, mm-hmm. and moved on. So Satsi soon starts to realize that any feelings she has for her new lover are not um, reciprocated. Mm. This has been a game, and this has been a game, and Satsi is the one that's being played in this game. Mm. Now Satsi finds Marcella is becoming some um, something of a nightmare to live with. She's telling Satsi what she can do and what she can't do. Oh. So she was living, she was living in fear. So Satsi feels that um, there is only one person she can go to to talk to that would understand what she's going through, mm-hmm. and that's Kimberlyn. Okay. Yep. It's not really a great idea. Yeah. So after their talk, Kimberlyn uh-huh. quick, quickly uh, abandons any feelings or animosity and jealousy that they had, <clears throat> and they be quickly become lovers, those two. Because her, because uh, Satsi I'm and... Calling, I'm calling fishy shenanigans on this situation. Yeah. I don't even believe that this is the real story. <laughs> so... so uh, so Satsi and Marcella broke up, you know, right. whatever, before those two started hooking up with each other. Mm. So now those two have a happy relationship um, that is the complete opposite of what Satsi and Marcella's relationship was. And those soon, those, uh, and soon the three of them began living under the same roof again. I already knew that. So she came back. As now Kimberlyn and Zatsi are coming through the apartment to go to Zatsi's room. While Marcella's on the couch, yeah, that's, or that's, that's just a yeah. whole. Yeah, that's a mess. That's a mess. I, I couldn't. I that's couldn't. a big mess. That's and then like, mess. and then like, uh, then, it comes up later. But Kimberlyn and Marcella like share a car, and they work at the same place. Oh, so it's a yeah, it's a mess. So Marcella and Kimberlyn return home from work one day and learn that Satsi, um, they learned about Satsi's horrific murder, and they are both questioned separately by investigators. Mm-hmm. So Kimberlyn was very upset and confirmed she was Satsi's lover. Yeah, and Marcella all also seems very distraught. And reveals her at Satsi broke up months months before this, and she had no. And she told police she assured that you know there was no negative energy going on between yeah, uh, me right. and Satsi, and I wish I wish them the best mm-hmm. in their relationship. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know all that's bullshit. Um, so they both had alibis. Mm. They left the house around 6.30 a.m. and was seen at work all day. Plus, they said that the killer had, had to be a male. So autopsy confirms mm. that Tatsi, yep, was strangled and sexually assaulted. Okay. Well. You should know where this is going. Yeah, but. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything that she was sexually assaulted. Like What? I'm talking it, about. Well, you no, mean? I'm saying like oh. that it had to be a man. I'll let you finish, but that part. Yeah, no. Oh, you mean that. I mean, they, they are lesbians. I'm. I don't know if you can tell the difference between like being uh, penetrated by like a foreign object, you know, like a, a sex toy, um, or some kind of strap or on or something like that. I don't know. I guess maybe there's DNA evidence. Yeah, there. maybe. I was just saying, like, it could because st- my mind is like it was Marcella, but it's like if she was sexually assaulted, if there's DNA evidence, then that's how they would know. Yeah. But I, you know, yeah, because I'm like they could use a strap on to sexually assault somebody. Yeah, but I, I feel like that's a lot of work, though. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm just yeah, saying for you to to. To try to go and kill somebody and then rob them and all that, you go through all that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm yeah, just, yeah. um, yeah. So he said that they confirmed that she was strangled and sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. Then there was a break in the case. So detectives got an anonymous call from a tipster saying Tatsi's car was stolen and parked 15 miles away from the crime scene. Mm-hmm. They searched for fingerprints and other evidence, but they also noticed that uh, Tatsi's car is parked less than a quarter mile from a company that, um, that both Marcella and Kimberly work at. Right. So detectives asked Marcella and Kimberlyn, do they have any idea uh, why her car was parked so close to their workplace? And they both claimed they didn't know. So nine days after the murder, a man named um, Rodrigo uh, Meda Mm -hmm. calls police and reveals he was the anonymous tipster who directed police to the stolen car and also claims that he um, that he knows info about the murder. And uh, so. Um, he came, so he called and said that, you know, um, I want to be anonymous. I know where the car is and I know who killed, right? So then he he calls again mm-hmm. and um, he comes forward with more information and he was scared because he came forward and told who he was because he was uh, he was an um, illegal alien. Got so it. He, and then he, also he didn't want to be involved in the murder. the murder. So he says he was afraid to come forward before because he was an illegal alien and... Um, and he was ready to speak and that he could identify Satsi's killer. Mm. So uh, Rodrigo says a co-worker named Louis Barrasso told him that he was involved in the murder, gave him several pieces of jewelry and showed him the car, the stolen car, mm-hmm. and asked him to help him sell the stolen items. Mm. Um, so Maida, who was Rodrigo, yeah. didn't want to be a part of the crime, so he turned himself, he turned everything in that he had to the police. Right. He also identified another employee named um, Abid um, Marroquin, mm-hmm. and his who was his 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 partner in the crime. Yeah. So when Kimberly confirms that that was Satsi's jewelry, and police obtained search, so police obtained search warrants um, for the two men at their house. So when they searched the home, so they're still treating Kimberly like they brought her in to identify. They're well, she's well since she was saying she was she was Satsi's murder. I mean, uh, lover. Yeah, they was going to her asking like, "Hey, is this is this her jewelry? Is this her jewelry?" And yeah. she confirms that, and they go, "Okay, we got a search warrant on those two guys' house. Okay, the okay. guys that's supposed to be a part of the murder. Yeah, who committed the murder? So when they searched the home, they found numerous items of Satsi's, including her cell phone, computer, and a cam record, a camcorder. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so then police arrested Louis Barrasso. And um, Abid Ameriquin and bring them in for questioning. So they got, they arrested both of them. Right. So when they tell them that, look, we got the evidence against you guys that, you know, you are involved and you were there. And then they told them that, hey, you guys are facing a death penalty. 
they talk. They're like, okay. Tell you everything. We're going to tell you everything. <laughs> We're going to yeah. tell you everything. Um, so Barrasso confessed that he was involved in the murder, but he said that he wasn't the mastermind of the whole thing. So, um, so in this whole situation, Marcella was the loser in the situation. And she was so used to getting her way. Yeah. Um, and she felt betrayed. And she also felt like a loser. And it, and she was determined to say, hey, you know, I'm going to retaliate. I'm going to get back. Right. I'm going to get back on top. So Barrasso said, um, um, Marcella oh. met him at work and says, hey, I want to hire you to kill Satsi. Yes. And she bribed him with $3,000. Wow. I'm guessing he needed the money. I don't know. what. Yeah, but also he sexually assaulted her, though. So that's like, that wasn't, I'm sure she didn't go like, yeah, and rape her, too. Well. So, like, he. Oh, hold on, oh, so. oh. So Satsi bribed him for $3,000 and offered <laughs> him sex, right? So this would be, this would have been her first. They were saying she was gay. Right. So, obviously, it was just like a. I'm throwing this is like this is transactional. Yeah, this is transactional, and she probably didn't do it. This probably was just like she knows it would it would work. work. Yeah, but she didn't, and she just wanted her. She just wanted her killed, and want her to be humiliated and sexually assaulted by a man. Oh, she asked for it to her to do that. Oh, that's despicable. Wow, for Uh, a woman to do that, is so evil. Yeah, but they were saying that the ticket, the what woman want thing, yeah, was just like a. I add on that she didn't. That wasn't part of the. She the just Zazi just happened to go see. No, no, no. The guy was just like he did that on his own. Oh, like that was just some extra. He, he just did put some just, sauce on. Just it. put some sauce on. Wow. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> evil as shit, <laughs> yeah. man. God yep. damn. Yep. So while the murder, is, so he just happened to have a ticket to. I don't know. It was. In, I don't know if it was in the shit, house man. and like by them by them stealing shit. They just yeah, came across it. Was like, oh, I'm gonna put this here. My calling card. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy as shit. Um, so while the murder is happening, Marcella made it clear. So she, you know, you know, the, the videos, they got like reenactment. So she's yeah. like out, you know, so she wanted to be clear that she had been seen. So that'd be her alibi. Why this thing was going so she's on. She's being extra loud and having yep. a good time. So Kimberlyn said Marcella, um, they went to work one day and she, they shared the car. They go to work. And so she took off while they were at work, took all her things. And when he got, when Kimberlyn got back to the place, all her stuff was gone. Yeah. So they was like, the investigators go, Hey, she probably escaped to Mexico. Um, so, uh, Lewis goes to trial in 24, in 2004, I'm sorry, and is charged, um, with 10 felony charges, first degree murder, sexual assault, and kidnapping, and convicted on all counts, and gets life, um, in prison without parole. Three months later, uh, a, a bid, um, pleads guilty to the first degree murder and kidnapping, and gets life with possibility of parole after 40 years. Mm. So, Marcella did, you know, uh, run off to Mexico. But she not was, with Kimberlyn. But not with Kimberlyn. No. But she made it look that way? Is that what you said? No, no, no. She just left. Oh. It was at work and she just got her shit and left. Oh, okay. Yeah, she ran off with the car and just went to Mexico. Got it. Just trying to get away. So she ended up going to Mexico. But they said when she got there, so you know when you hear people run off to Mexico to try to get away, they yeah. keep a little profile. Yeah. She didn't do that because she was just so used to winning all the time. Yeah. And so she was, they were saying she was confident on she got away with this thing. She, she goes to Mexico and get the job as a TV reporter. So on TV, on TV, wow! <laughs> she gets a job as a TV reporter. Um, That's like the opposite of Stan. Yeah, yeah, complete opposite. So she gets a job as a TV reporter. So they find her immediately. Yeah, they find her immediately. Um, so they charge her with conspiracy to commit first degree murder. But you know, um, so her by going to Mexico, they was like, you know, 
in any other case, they go, you know, Mexico, I can't, we can't charge you. Yeah, whatever. they got to extradite, they got to extradite you. That, but the, uh, Mexico said that we are going to charge her because Satsi was Mexican. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah okay. So it was like, no, we're going to charge you. Wow. Um, so they decided to charge her um, when they case, since uh, Satsi was Mexican, which I thought was, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, right wow. And November 2005, Marcella, Marcella Wiley is convicted of murder and sentenced to 37 years in a Mex in a Mexico prison. Mm. The federales. Yeah. So I know that's rough. I know um, just based on, you know, just. Yeah, I watched them locked TVs. up abroad. Yes. Yeah. I know she probably wish she would have stayed in, you know. I mean, I wouldn't want to be in pri any prison. I any bet prison. she would have wished she just would have calmed the fuck down and took her L and that she got her girl stolen. Yeah, and she wanted to be all extra. And that's despicable to be like, and I want you to rape her. Yeah. To. I want her to be had sexually assaulted by a my man, man. Yep. because she stole my girlfriend. Yep. That's despicable. Yeah, yeah. That's evil. Um, <clears> so <throat> that was my I've heard of murder about um so rest in peace, Satsi Sanchez. Rest in peace, Satsi Sanchez, man. Yeah, it's just That's so evil. That's a dangerous game, man. It's a thin line between love and hate. Yeah. yeah. That's very true. It's very true. I mean, that love can go so hard that as soon as it goes bad, it's like you have so much love for them that it immediately flips to like anger because yeah. you're so mad that they won't love you back or whatever, you know. And it, it can, you end up with situations like this, man. Yes, that's that's crazy. She could have worked at any any restaurant. That's, she could have worked any and shift. And I was just about to say that, like that is that's the crazy part. Like you you hear these stories and it's like that a friendship that starts from you being at work just like any other night yep. turns into your can lead to your death. Yep. That she is she could have called out that night. Crazy, anything anything could have happened. That's wild. She could have not. It's, it's even more finite than that. She could have just not taken that section. Yeah. She could have just had another section that night. That small yes. difference. In, in a situation like that, that small little difference would have altered the entire outcome of that's all of wild. this. It's like when you so you go right all the time, you just go left that one time. And yep. that's, that's just when you hear it like that, it's just like, that's, that's, that's wild. And it's Crazy. terrifying. Yeah, I don't really know. I'm always wondering if I believe in fate. Or if you know free will, and or if everything's predetermined, it's, it's always hard to tell. But when you hear stories yeah. like this, it's like you it know, all I, just kind of lined up in this way. That's how I used to think. I used to think when I was younger, I used to just like just had random thoughts, and I used to think that like when we when we were born on this earth or whatever, it's like God goes, this all this yeah. is going to happen to you. Yep. And I used to always think that. Yeah. And it's like sometimes I do. Yeah. And then sometimes I go. I don't know. Like I'm not locked is, into is it just is it just like coincidence or is it just like is it like a is it like a numbers game? Is it just like a percent? It's like it's just cr like it's like like when you hear like car accidents. It's like yeah. Um, you know, um, car accidents and go like you know what if you would have stopped at that red light? What if you got up late for work? Like any like or that's what crazy. if you didn't get up late? Or for what work, if you, you know? did? Or what if you what if you got stopped at the light before that? And then make it to that. Like, it's just, yeah. it's crazy, man. I fall it's, on it's different wild, sides man. of that yeah. uh, belief minute to minute. Yeah, uh, for sure. Scenario for by sure. the scenario in my life yeah. where I'm like, something good happens to me. I'm like, some as, in, in a depressing way, I go, cool, cool, cool. That's why I'm a lot of times, like, when cool stuff happens to me, I'm always like, I go straight to the next thing. Because yeah. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. I already, I manifested that already. I already knew we would get to here. Yeah, so yeah. I'm already on to the next thing. Yeah. Instead of sitting in that, because that should feel like, what? Yeah. Like, that's an accomplishment. That's crazy. But I'm like, no, no, no. I already knew we would get to this. So now I got to go to the next thing on my board yeah. because I already knew that was going to happen. I've manifested this and I planned this. You know, I feel like a lot of people might feel like that way on the day they graduate. Yeah. 
you know, all the college and everything was hard. You didn't know if you were going to pass this test and everything. Yeah. But when you walk across that stage, I bet it's like, okay, what's next? I yeah. bet you don't sit in that moment very long because it's like, yeah, I already, I did the work. I knew this was going to happen. This mm -hmm. is what you do the work. You go to the classes. You're supposed to get to here. Yeah. So I already knew this, this doesn't feel like what I graduated. You don't feel shocked by it. So you're already moving on to the next thing. So I think feel like people should just sit in those moments a little bit more. For sure. Who knows, man? That's a difficult one. What we're going to do is we're going to get into these good vibes, though, so we can get up out of here. Welcome to our good vibes segment. It's my turn to go first. Um, so I don't know who, how many of our listeners keep up with the football, let alone the sports at all, but sure. We, got, we definitely got some sports fans. Yeah. Um, so the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo. Buffalo Bills, right? Yeah, Buffalo Bills. What do I call yes, them? Well, York they Bills. never do anything. I call them the so. New York Bills. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo Bills and uh, Baltimore Ravens, you know, where we're from. Mm -hmm. We had a playoff game last night. And um, so the Buffalo Bills fans donated to Lamar Jackson, who was the, the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. Um, donated money to. Phenom. Yeah. Donated money to Lamar Jackson's uh, charity. Yeah. So thousands of fans are celebrating the Buffalo Bills' first trip to the AFC Championship game since 1993. Wow. I was too. Yes. Um, <laughs> 1993 season in a, in a unique way. By donating tens of thousands of dollars to the charity that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson supported during his college career at Louisville. Shortly after Buffalo's, Buffalo's 17-3 victory Saturday night over the Ravens, a game in which Jackson left during the second half to enter a concussion protocol. Hope he's okay. Yeah. Also, y'all stop with these shit jokes, man. Like, keep catching this dude tiptoeing to the locker room, and they keep being like, "Oh, he had the shit again." Like, let that man live, man. He had a concussion. <laughs> he had to go get a concussion protocol. Yeah, he didn't man. have to go take a shit. <laughs> I didn't see that one. Jeez. You didn't see the first the first time when he got hurt, and then he came back out no, and he, he won the game. The shit? That's what they said because oh. they caught him. They caught him running to the back to the back locker room, but he was running like on his tippy toes. Oh, it shit. looked like his butt no, was clenched. I didn't see that. Nah. Man, come on, man. Let it go. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, after he entered the concussion protocol, uh, momentum was generated among Bills fans online to show support for Jackson by supporting the blessing, yeah. the blessings in the back in a backpack, Louisville chapter. It started around 11:30 last night, um, and our donation box just started flooding with donations from Bills fans from Full Lamar. It's just been overwhelming in the best possible way. Um, and this was uh, said Nikki Grizzle of Blessings in the Backpack. His mission is to mobilize communities, individuals, and resources to provide food on the weekends for elementary elementary school children across America who might otherwise go hungry. According to Grizzle, um, as of noon Eastern Time on Sunday, 2,500 individual donations have been received, totaling over $75,000. Damn. And this isn't the first time, this is what I was telling you about, this isn't the first time the Bills fans, affectionately known as the Bills Mafia, have gathered together with a charitable heart. At the end of 2017 regular season, when quarterback Andy Dalton led the Cincinnati Bengals to win that helped the Bills qualify for the playoffs. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Bills qualify for the playoffs. They, they did something similar uh, for Dalton. Bills fans also donated tens of thousands of dollars earlier this season to um, Oasis Children's Hospital. I don't know how to say that. Sorry. Um, after it was announced that the quarterback, Josh Allen, grandmother, Josh, Josh Allen's grandmother had died. Mm. Grizzle described what was unfolded um, since Saturday uh, night in one word. Amazing, she said. It, um, it said it, it just keeps rolling in. 
So it's not the first time the Buffalo Bills have donated money to charity. That's a really um we had talked off air about yeah. if that's a troll or not. If that's a troll, that's a really awesome troll. I'll take it. I think it's really just genuine though. I think I, I think because so. like where's the ownage? Yeah. Buffalo really Bills like, fans don't I don't think they'll have a bad rep, I don't think. I don't think so either. They don't so, they always have a good time. I think they go up there, they slam each other through tables, they do, do like they? wrestling shit that, at the tailgates. That's that a good time? Oh, you mean like oh just having fun? Yeah, just having fun. Oh. They just have they have All a good right. time. I'm sure they're very excited to be in the playoffs and you know, um congratulations to them and also shout out to their fan base. That's really fucking cool that they did that. Yeah, that's I also dope. got a notification on the pay, on the Facebook group that somebody said they donated twenty five dollars in our name. And I don't know if they literally did, but like our name to who? To the to the backpack thing. Oh, okay. I don't know if they literally meant in our name or if it's just because we're from Baltimore and that that gotcha. reminded. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it might All have been right. more of that. Either way, if you donate to kids getting food and backpacks, that's awesome. Like, yeah, you yeah. Know, however, the food, the money's getting there. That's really fucking awesome. Shout out to the Bills fans. That's a really cool thing that they. That's a cool way to celebrate. Like, hey man, yeah, we beat you. Here's some charitable uh, goods. But whatever, you know, whatever. However, they got to get it in their pocket. That's awesome. Uh, my good vibe story this week is a little more personal, friend. Um. Uh, uh, I've been going to a, a bar called Zen West since I was about 21. I was 21, friend. I was 21. Yeah. I was only going there when I was legally allowed to go in there and drink. So, so since I was 21, I've been going to Zen West. Um, so the better part of the last decade, I've been going there. Mm-hmm. And it's owned by a really cool guy named Po Chang. Uh, he's a very generous guy. As a matter of fact, he's currently doing a, a food drive in the midst of all this shit. He's collecting cans and perishable goods to donate to food banks, you know, in the state. So, even while all this crazy shit is going on, the business is shut down. Well, Maryland is currently in the middle of no capacity mandate. Like you can't. There's there. We were at like fifty percent, and that was fluctuating. But now you, it's it's takeout only once again. And you know, restaurant bars like that make money from people sitting at the bar, having a good time, and having some drinks all day. That's where the real bread, the real bread is buttered in that kind of industry. Yeah. And Po Chang is. <clears throat> Going through a bit of a rough time right now with, with Zen West, and um, that hurts my heart because that place means so much to me. Uh, I put together a small video where I stated that, you know, without Zen West, literally without Zen West, I would have never met my fiance. I would have never met Sierra. She was a bartender there. Les, our good friend Les, friend of the podcast, was a bouncer there. Me and me and Les worked together, and he told me one day, hey, man, after work, we're going to go to Zen West. You should come hang out with us at Zen West. And from there, that just became like a second home to me. I had a great times, many great times there, and... Uh, po Chang's a really awesome dude And so I I along with Sierra Put together a couple of videos And I put together a GoFundMe uh, To help protect Zen West We're recording on a Sunday It was two days ago We have raised over $10,000 For Zen West um, And for Po Chang to protect Zen West And uh, that means a lot to me I'm still kind of in disbelief that we got that much money that fast uh, the, the goal is $15,000 So it's still You know we're still still going to be pushing it and promoting it and you know calling on people to donate what they can it's greatly appreciated but it really is incredible i also want to give a quick shout out to um some loyola alumni um frankly camley and tim adelino they are doing this thing called chug chug fest for zen west where they are for every 15 dollars donation they get from a loyola alumni they are going to chug a beer on camera Dang. you know shotgun it bang and this kid this kid, Tim, I've seen him ch- shotgun like 15 beers mm-hmm. since last night. They started uh, like right, right, right before the Ravens game, and we're just going. Every time a $15 don- donation came, and they raised just Loyola, they raised about $4,000 of that money wow. from people donating because they just you know made it a fun thing and people chipping in $15 incrementally, and it really uh, it's really cool. And I have a lot of faith that we're going to reach our goal because we got, to, we got a third of the way there in two days. So, um 
yeah, man, protect local restaurants, protect small businesses how we can. Um, if there's a, a place that means a lot to you, look up on, see if they're on Uber Eats or on Grubhub and just order some food, man. You know, that, that helps too. Whatever you can do to keep these places alive because we want to see these pe- these places make it to the other side of this whole COVID-19 thing, man. I would really like, la- I would love to go and have a, a drink and enjoy a live show at Zen West when all this is over. So um, I'm just doing my part to make sure that that can happen. Yeah. Um, so uh, that, that was my good vibes. I really felt it was, um, you know, we make jokes and shit on here about, oh man, I would never start a GoFundMe. I don't want to be responsible for the money and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I wouldn't, but when I found out that uh, Zen West was going through some rough times, I was like, well, we have this platform. Um, I have a camera, so why not see what happens? Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, shout out to everybody that made a donation. Again, shout out to Ashley T for donating, not only subscribing to our Patreon, but she um, made a very nice donation to the Protect Zen West Fund on GoFundMe. And uh, I really greatly appreciate anybody who did that. That's really fucking cool. Uh, Fran. I- also, so what is the limit? $15,000 is the goal. So what do we go past? What do we have to go past that? If it goes past that, then it goes past that. I'll probably close it if close we hit 15? the goal. Yeah, I'll probably. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, that's really, it's really crazy, man. I don't, I, I didn't expect. I was gonna set it at ten initially, mm-hmm. but then Sierra, Sierra was like, "You should set it at 20. And I was like, "You're crazy." Yeah. And then so we just split the difference and we set it at fifteen. Okay. And now we're two days into it and we're at ten and hopefully get to fifteen. And you know, Poe is. Um, creating jobs for those people to just keep them working and pay, keep them on staff. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's gutting out walls in Zen West and cl- knocking stuff down to give the, the cooking, the, the cooks uh, other income, Yeah, you know, just to keep the lights on, man. Um, so uh, I've met him as a cool dude Yeah, Paul and, the, and the wings are fire. Yeah, oh, super cool dude. Also, yeah. Anybody in the Baltimore area listening to this? Like, I mean, if you're in the Baltimore area, I wouldn't say if you're in like fucking Columbia, Maryland, don't do it. Because they'll be shitty by the time they get to you. But if you're in the Baltimore area, they they are open. Like you can um, Grubhub or order up whatever some Zen West wings. They're really delicious, yeah. and you can get margaritas to go. If you go in, you can get margaritas to go. So you can. You can't even sit in there now, right? <clears throat> no, you can't sit in anywhere. Yeah. You cannot sure. sit in any restaurants. So uh, that's like that's like the de- that's like the death. No mark. restaurants or bar. People sit at bars. Not that they're not supposed, they're supposed to. to. If they sure are, they're not supposed. They to. They don't give fuck. Yeah, they're you're not you're not supposed to. Yeah, well, you're you're like it's. Zero capacity. You're not supposed to have people in your I, restaurant. I go to one every day and they, and they ain't sitting down. So. Hey, man. So well, how about you don't say the place? And get it for one. <laughs> say no. That's that's okay. That's <laughs> <good>. <laughs> um, other, other than that, I don't really have any um, other news or anything like that. We did get some packages uh, yeah. to the P.O. box. We have three packages sitting right here. What yep. we're going to do is um, we're going to do another uh, affirmative mailbox video because that was very fun. You know, yeah. it, it, it happened to be very fun because we also got crazy candies and stuff and that turned into this whole insane taste testing thing. But I'm also excited to see what's inside of these boxes. So we'll probably uh, release um, another affirmative mailbox video next month just um, to, you know, give you guys some extra content. But we'll open the pre- we'll open the things now so we can get everybody's name. And then next week we'll give everybody who you know, we got mail from a shout out yeah. and then you can expect to see the actual video of us seeing what's in there and everything next month. And to anybody, I don't know. Cause I feel like, I don't feel like anybody would send us something personal where it's like, I don't want you to record that. I sent you this. I hope not. I mean, I don't want anything crazy. Yeah. Right. I think, but I'm just letting people know, like, you know, if we, once we um, accumulate a certain amount of pa- uh, packages, we'll probably open them up on camera. That'll yeah. probably be a thing that we do. So please don't send us anything like, 
you know, this was the shirt of a boy that was murdered, and I thought you guys would want to keep that. Don't send anything weird because we're gonna put it on camera, man, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna like say your name. So, um, yeah, let's keep it. Funny. I don't want anything like that at yeah, all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that how I made it? Is that how I framed yeah. it? Like, yeah, like, we'll take it. We'll take we it, but no, I won't put I won't put it on camera. No, no, don't send us that kind of stuff. Period. But um, again, we're very appreciative to anybody who sends us anything. This is really cool. It's yeah. super awesome. We're appreciative to the people that sent us the the Kit Kats. Some of them, anyway. Most of them, sweet potato ones. Gross. They were a little crazy, and the cheesecake ones. Uh, yeah, just to going. just to talk about this again, I don't think people realize how far this has become. Yeah, how far man. this has came for sure. Because we didn't even like. No. <laughs> no. And I want people to realize, like, we are very fortunate. We, you know, thank you guys for listening and sending stuff in. Because where's that now? Was was never in the had no expectations, no. man. I mean, we went from one mic, bad, one mic. bad. Everything sounded. Bad. I mean, I still can't listen to those early episodes. So to think about where we are now, yeah. to think about people from all over the country, all over the world, you know, just shouting us out, it's really is really cool. Also, shout out to everybody who went to that Capitol building with a cell phone on you, because. You're an idiot. They coming for you. <laughs> they said they got some kind of equipment where it's like bat some Batman shit. Like we just flip the button and it just pings every phone for real that was in that was in the capitol building i mean it's the government i, would, yeah, I don't know what they um i you know, know some people thought. that that drove that got on a, a jet and yeah she got arrested that is n- private, i know but that is private plane that's wild she got on a private plane to go somewhere to be like you guys are keeping us from succeeding in life and we're poor and everything. she got on a what? private she got on a private plane to go to that thing that is wild i was like that is insane sickos man i've seen it's been all kind of crazy videos man but at this point again i'm so disaffected by it that I'm back to a point where I can laugh at it so I have been enjoying there's like new footage coming out of them they were taking camera footage of like documents on desks like we're gonna use this against them like again where <laughs> you think a court is gonna let you come to court and like what sue the government are you gonna yeah. you're gonna bring these people to, to justice in court then we're gonna use these as documentation for when we bring them to trial they were delusional as fuck man it was a horde of delusional idiots yep. and uh I'm enjoying seeing them get round up you know and you know and, and uh yeah, fuck them. Uh, what we're going to do is get up out of here, man. Uh, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.